read uh, Titus chapter 1 and verse 9. Holding fast the faithful word as he hath been taught, that he may be able by sound doctrine both to exhort and to convince the gainsayers. Well, friends, we're looking this evening at this uh, one single verse in uh, Titus chapter 1 and verse 9 on holding fast uh, the faithful word. And my subject is uh, simply a man of the word, a man of the word. And uh, this is the last qualification for an elder. We looked last week at the, how the elder is to be in his home, the positive qualities he's to have, the negative qualities. And then finally, this is talking about the gift that he has to have. The others are talking about how he is to be as a person, his character, so vital, so very, very important. Not just anybody, not his achievements in life, but his achievements, you could say, in his character, the advances, the spirituality about the man. He's got to be spiritual because he's got to lead in a spiritual way at the church of God. But here uh, this evening we're thinking about uh, his, uh, his gift, uh, the gift of uh, teaching. An elder must be somebody who knows the word well. And he must be somebody who is able to teach that word, to communicate it to others, to instruct uh, other people. Paul puts it in 1 Timothy chapter 3 as apt to teach. And I think we're all very familiar uh, with that phrase. He uses it again in 2 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 24. The servant of the Lord must not strive, but be gentle unto all men, apt to teach, patient in meekness, instructing those that oppose themselves. So the elder, whether he is a ruling elder only, or a teaching ruling elder, well, he must have this ability uh, to communicate what he has learned uh, to others, to pass on uh, the doctrines and the teachings uh, from various parts of the scripture. He must be able uh, to get his message across in such a way that the people will be able to understand. It won't go uh, over their head. I remember when I was uh, sitting un under the, the ministry of a, a young, young pastor, and he just came out of a seminary, and at uh, that time the things of uh, the Bible were fairly new to me. Uh, but he came out of seminary and he started using it in his preaching. Before his seminary, it was actually quite simple. But when, once he came out of seminary, he started using all these uh, Latin, uh, Latinized words and uh, theological terms that I've never heard before. And the sermon just went completely over my head. And I think I wasn't the only one from what I heard from other people in the congregation. So he lost uh, a number of people uh, because uh, of the kind of language he, he was using. So the word has to be taught in a way that uh, the people can get it, in a way that people uh, can grasp it. And that's not really as easy as it may sound, uh, to take some of the, the doctrines of the scripture and explain it. Well, that's, that's no easy task. Sometimes you, you, know, you can listen to a preacher and you think, oh, I could do that. And then you end up, you may have an opportunity to do that. And I remember somebody, this happening to somebody uh, that I knew. And uh, you realize, oh, it's actually a lot more difficult than, you, than it is. And some portions of scripture, like you think, are quite easy. I remember when I did First John, 
for the very first time. It looks a very straightforward, simple one, but it's actually a very deep, one of the deepest uh, books you can, uh, letters you can actually uh, seek to uh, interpret and to teach to others. Uh, so it is, isn't as simple uh, as it sounds. And, uh, but there are some pastors who we find that they have, do have a gift for doing this. And they're especially able to communicate. I, I think of one pastor in particular, uh, known, known to us all, and uh, he has this ability to explain uh, doctrines in a very clear and simple uh, way so that almost everyone who is listening to him uh, can, can follow the thread, can follow his line. He's uh, able uh, to lead us by the hand, as it were, through uh, that doctrine. In, fa in fact, uh, he's able to put it so simply that I haven't heard one, one brother criticize this particular pastor. He's too simple, he said, <laughs> when he's listening to his preaching. This, was, this brother was one who was uh, familiar with the theological tomes, so it wasn't a, a big surprise that he, he came out with that. But to him, he, he thought it should be th the, the sermon should be very deep. And perhaps he didn't really understand uh, how difficult it is to actually put things across in a simple way for people to understand. That's to actually explain some of those difficult doctrines in, in that simple uh, way and comprehensible way is actually incredibly difficult. And to bring it down to a level where people can understand it and grasp it, well, that's a gift in itself and uh, something that we aspire to. So preaching, friends, is so uh, important in the church, the preaching of the word. Preaching is to be instructive. Preaching is to be edifying. Preaching is to be comforting. Preaching is to be doctrinal. Preaching is to be Christ-exalting. It is to be helpful uh, to the people. Preaching is to be stirring, and also preaching is to be uh, practical. Now, not all elders, we said uh, previously, are called to teach uh, publicly. However, all elders must have this aptness uh, to, to teach. Uh, on a one-to-one -one basis at the very least. So that they can help people who, who come to them or maybe sometimes they need to call to their side somebody and explain a certain thing uh, to them and they should be able uh, to do this from Scripture. But all of us really uh, should be teachers in some sense or another. All of us, every believer uh, in some shape or form should be able to explain even some of the basic things of the faith. Uh, even uh, at, at the very, very least, we should be able to explain why we believe and what we believe. And we should be able to explain uh, why, why we are Christians and the reason of the hope uh, that is in us. Why, why, why are you a Christian? If somebody asks you, you should be able to give an explanation at the very uh, least. But we should move on from there, isn't it? Uh, here in chapter 2, the aged women have a role in teaching as well, and that is teaching, uh, <coughs> teaching the younger women. They were, they were to be teachers of good things, in verse 3, and then uh, they were to teach the young women to be sober, to love their husbands, to love their children, to be discreet, uh, and so on, and so on. So they were also teaching, but all of us should be making uh, progress uh, in the Christian life to such a point where we are able, not only we're not only feeding ourselves, we're not only receiving, 
but we're also giving out to others. We're able to, to reach the point where we can help somebody in some way, either to encourage them or to show, explain a particular doctrine to them or to give them some biblical principle uh, when they need it. You see them and they, uh, they're struggling in a particular area and we can come alongside uh, with a scripture and show, show these things uh, to them. You remember what the writer to the Hebrews uh, said in Hebrews uh, chapter 5 and verse 12. It was a little bit of a reproof uh, to them. He said to them, uh, For when for the time ye ought uh, to be teachers, ye have need that one teach you again, which be the first principles of the oracles of God, and are become such as have need of milk and not of strong meat. For every one that useth milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. So these, uh, Paul, uh, Paul, who we believe was the writer, is, is saying these things, he's not saying these to new converts, he's not being harsh and hard on new converts, but to those who had been some time in the faith already. And he's saying to them, well, you ought to be able really to help other people by this stage, and yet you haven't grown. You're still in the same sort of baby position where you need to be fed with the milk of the word instead of the meat. And uh, something similar, of course, was also said to the Corinthians. So we need uh, to move on so that we can help uh, others. But what is the pastor's uh, textbook? What is it that he is uh, to teach? Where is he is to te teach from? Well, of course, it's the, the scriptures, isn't it? Holding fast the faithful word. This is, this is the center uh, of, uh, of his teaching. This is where he gets all his material from. This is where he draws his illustrations and the applications, especially from the Bible. The word, friends, is a faithful word. Trustworthy word. You can depend uh, on the scriptures. It's a true word. It's a pure word. It's a sure word, a more sure word of prophecy uh, we have here. It's uh, the Bible only. The Bible alone can uh, assuredly testify of itself and, and say, I promise to tell you the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. Only the Bible really uh, does that for us. And this is what the minister has to hold on to and to teach the word. The preacher's task is to make uh, to preach the word in season and out of season when people want to hear it and people don't want to hear it when it's popular and when it's unpopular uh, he is to uh, make this word of god uh, known continually that's that's what he must keep to he mustn't uh, veer to the left or the right but this must be the central thing week in week out because it is uh, god's word he's not free he's not a liberty to introduce things that uh, he thinks should be uh, in his message. He's not free to innovate and to put forward his own doctrines. Uh, he's not there to entertain uh, the people with an, a nice speech, a lovely speech, to be a pleasant song to them, but to simply present scriptural truths as they are here. It's a, it's a great blessing that you don't have to be an innovator because it's all been given to you here and one just needs to study the text and than to explain it and to apply it. And we go for 
the old paths, isn't it? So no innovators. The Bible, friends, is, is wonderful, isn't it? From cover to cover, uh, there is uh, so much th uh, there uh, for the preacher uh, to hold, so much to, to grab our attention, isn't it? It's not just doctrine, doctrine, doctrine in, in a statement after statement, but it comes through in so many different ways that, that appeal to us. You've got narratives, you've got poetry, you've got prophetic words, you've got uh, miracles, and uh, you've got teaching alongside these things, and all these different ways they come to us, as somebody has said, in letters. We, this Bible is not a systematic theology book. It comes to us in letters and, and narratives and in the lives of people. And we're able to follow with interest these biographies of uh, godly men and learn from them and their mistakes as well. And we, it's, uh, the, the preacher has so much uh, with which to present uh, to the people to make it uh, interesting uh, to them. And it's full, isn't it, of uh, trustworthy statements faithful statements, uh, worthy of all acceptation. I think one of the chiefest of these trustworthy statements, Paul said, is Christ Jesus came into the world to save uh, sinners. Now what a, what a, he's saying you can depend on it. You don't have to doubt, doubt this, this particular word. You can depend on it. You can be sure about it. It's absolute. It is true. Christ Jesus uh, came into the world to save sinners. What a wonderful message to preach. What a sure word to preach. He can preach with confidence these things because it's trustworthy, it's dependable. He can say with certainty to his congregation, if you turn to Christ and believe in Christ, this is what he will do to you. This is what he will, how he will change you, how he will save you if you repent and trust in him. Who else can do that, friends? But it is... Uh, includes, isn't it, uh, when we say these things, the gospel, the faithful word, these trustworthy words, is the gospel, isn't it? And the gospel must be preached. The gospel must be preached uh, regularly. Yet how few pulpits nowadays preach the gospel. How few really focus and home in on these trustworthy sayings uh, which uh, uh, are of help to the unbeliever, to the unconverted, and open them and expand them. It's how few pulpits do you hear this gracious word being preached that Christ Jesus came into the world to save uh, sinners. And it's as if it's not a chapter in their textbook. I don't think people sometimes, ministers do it deliberately, but uh, they have let go, isn't it, on their grip on gospel preaching. And it's, it's not held on to uh, tightly or at all in some cases or that the usual explanation is whenever I'm preaching uh, the, the Bible I'm preaching the gospel well we would disagree of course with that but uh, also the preacher must make sure that he's preaching the whole counsel of God and that's what Paul told the Ephesian elders uh, in Acts chapter 20 he said I've not shunned uh, to declare unto you the whole counsel of God. I've not held back. I've not shunned. I've not kept back. I've not concealed a certain part. So I, won't I won't share that with them. Now, all that, in a sense, God revealed to him in due time and in due place with the wisdom God gave to him. He made it known. He shared it uh, with uh, the people. And so also the minister, uh, the preacher, well, he, he can't just focus on one or two doctrines. He's got to expand uh, to try and have an agenda where he's covering 
uh, all the doctrines, all, all that God has uh, revealed. And that's one of the beautiful things about expository preaching, where we're going through uh, a book. You, have, you come across doctrines, you come across teachings, which you have to tackle. And you can't just skip by and jump over. You can't just focus on your hobby horse doctrines. You have to uh, address uh, these uh, uh, different ones. So that's one of the blessings of uh, expository preaching. So the church, friends, here is to be governed by the Word of God. It, that is so important, so central. God's Word takes central place. And it's so vital that its, its leaders are familiar with its doctrines and are also a sound in their understanding of the faith. But we all, again, uh, need uh, to have uh, that kind of persuasion as well. And that uh, realization that all that we need for life, whether it's our Christian lives and our life in this world, uh, is in the scriptures. All that we need uh, to know is revealed to us in the Bible. All that we need in order how to live our life in a comfortable way and a pleasing way before God is also in the Bible. And it's up to us uh, to uh, find out uh, those principles and those ways uh, through our study of it. But then we move on, verse, verse 9, still holding fast the faithful word as he hath been taught. As he hath been taught. Now there are uh, two ways you could uh, look at this particular expression. The first is as it is, that the, the, the elder has received his teaching uh, from somebody else, and another elder, and uh, he's to hold on to that teaching, and he mustn't uh, uh, veer away from it. Uh, he must uh, stick by it as he has received it. He mustn't add to it or take away from it. And then he must, of course, pass it on uh, to others, as Paul instructed Timothy to do. He's not to be innovative in this adding new teaching, but to stick to that body of truth that is being given to him, uh, taught to him. Oh, another way to look at this uh, phrase, uh, it has been translated as according to doctrine. So holding fast the faithful word according to doctrine. In other words, the preacher must uh, so, uh, so ensure that his teaching uh, is in line with the fundamentals of the doctrine, the fundamentals of the faith, according to the doctrine that has been handed down to us. We call it the analogy of faith. So those fundamental things which we believe and which have always been believed by the church down through the years, they are the non-negotiables of the church. We, we, we can, if I, uh, the, the preacher's teaching and explanations must correspond with that, with that uh, faith. It must be in line with the faith. If he's gone away from that, if he comes up with an idea in his study which is uh, uh, different from that, different from that apostolic doctrine which is handed down to us, then he's got it wrong. Then he must say to them, so I have got it wrong. As, as somebody, somebody has said, if you study your Bible or, and you come across uh, some new idea and you think of some new doctrine uh, which no one else has ever thought of before, then you're probably wrong. <laughs> you probably got it, uh, got it wrong, so uh, put the idea away. So we have to be friends, and the minister has to be, uh, and all the people as 
the early church was. They continued Acts 2.42 steadfastly in the apostles' uh, doctrine. So he's got to make sure that he's not contradicting uh, what's been handed down uh, to us. Now, a prospective elder must also, as Paul says here, be one who is holds fast, holding fast the faithful word as he hath been taught. He is one, uh, he is a man of the word uh, primarily, and uh, he knows the scripture well for himself. He must be one who personally has a, a grip on the scriptures and uh, one who's not going to lose, loosen uh, his grip on the scriptures. And in a sense, you could say, oh, and the word uh, also has a power over him. The word also, you can see he is, he is a man who is uh, under submission. He is he's under a man under authority. He's a man under the authority of the word. And not only for the minister, that should be said for all, every believer. That they are not their own, they're under the authority of another. And this is the word of God. And that you can see that in a person's life. They yield to the scriptures, they, they, uh, they honor the scriptures, and uh, they obey the scriptures. And if they are wrong and the scriptures is right, well, they follow uh, the scriptures. Well, this, this prospective elder has got to be such a person, a man who is under the authority of the word. And he's got to be a man who is who won't let go of the scriptures, to hold, uh, hold fast that faithful uh, word. That word, uh, that word holding fast comes up again in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 14. Support uh, the weak. Oh, it sounds like quite different, doesn't it? Support the weak. But uh, hold fast the weak, you could say. Uh, for example, if you have if you're walking down the street with an aged and frail grandma and uh, you have to cross the road, well, and she being a weak, a weak person, and uh, may, she may easily fall over if you're crossing the road, well, you have to support her. You have to hold her arm uh, tightly, firmly, to make sure she doesn't fall over as you're crossing over. And you hold her uh, tightly and, and, and you won't let go. And that's the, sort of the idea here. You hold fast. The elder has to hold fast uh, the, the teaching, the, the truth, the, the word of God, and not uh, let go of it. Uh, leaders in the church, well, they must have this uh, tenacious hold uh, of the scriptures and this uh, resolute holding onto it and continuing uh, to preach uh, the word. They need to have a courage to preach the word. He cannot be a fickle-minded person, one who is easily, you can easily persuade and change their minds, uh, but one who, is, who knows uh, what they believe. Uh, dogmatic, can we use that word about a preacher? Why not? I know it's, uh, it's often held today in a disapproving uh, kind of way. It's not a popular word in the world today, but I think it a preacher has to be somewhat dogmatic about what he believes and uh, fundamental uh, in the truths. Doctrines today, friends, are being rejected and e ejected from pulpits, from the church pulpit. The atonement uh, is being redefined by so many. Uh, Six-day uh, creation has been rationally explained away uh, in a different way to the scriptural explanation. Hell itself is being, or the eternity of hell, 
is being denied by sometimes able expositors, we are told. <laughs> we would doubt that because if they come up, if they deny the, uh, the eternity, uh, uh, eternality of hell, uh, we wonder how they can be able expositors. But well, you, I'm sure we've all heard of uh, one very well-known one in John Stott, who has many great admirers and many people extol his teaching, but he rejected this traditional view on hell. And uh, he, he came up with the teaching that, and to the conclusion uh, that uh, it referred to annihilation. And people would just cease to exist uh, instead of eternal punishment. And so we have to be uh, very uh, uh, careful and uh, hold on uh, without uh, giving up these things that have been handed uh, down to us. They're under attack, as we would expect them to be, because they're God's word, isn't it? The devil attacks uh, God's word. The devil tries to bring in error subtly. What's the best way to bring in error? If you can get the lead uh, Christian teachers away. So friends, hold fast unto the things that uh, you've learned. As Proverbs says, buy the truth and sell it not. Read good doctrinal books. Uh, read books that will help you to understand uh, the scriptures better. Uh, familiarize yourself with that 1689 uh, Baptist Confession, which puts things so succinctly and so uh, deeply and yet so helpfully for us. Know what you believe as a believer and then stand for what you believe. Well, let's, let's very quickly move on here. Uh, finally, in this last section of the, of the, of the verse, uh, holding fast the faithful word as he hath been taught, that he may be able by sound doctrine both to exhort and to convince the gainsayers. Uh, here are two ways the word must be uh, preached and applied. Exhortation on the one hand and a warning on the other. As uh, John Calvin said in his commentary, Pastors to have uh, two voices, one for the sheep and the other one for warding off and driving away the wolves and the thieves. And that's true, isn't it? Uh, one, uh, a warning message uh, as well as an encouraging message. And uh, again, some uh, churches uh, are shy uh, to give a warning message about and to warn the sheep, but it's so necessary uh, to mention uh, these things. Well, how is he to do it. How is the pastor uh, to warn and to exhort? It's by sound uh, doctrine, by uh, teaching them the word. The word doctrine, as you know, means uh, teaching. But what does sound mean? Have you ever thought of that? What does the word sound mean? What is sound doctrine? I was once stumped, actually, when I was asked this question uh, many, many years ago. But it means, uh, very simply, healthy. Healthy doctrine is where we get our word uh, hygiene from hygiene, hygiene, hygienic, uh, as you know, means clean and free of bacteria and uh, unlikely to spread uh, disease. If you eat uh, diseased meat or food prepared in an unhygienic uh, kitchen, uh, more than likely you, you'll fall uh, ill and you get physically, uh, you'll suffer physically. Well, it's the same with doctrine. If you are taking in and believing unhealthy, diseased doctrine is going to be spiritually harmful to your soul. 
But sound teaching, on the other hand, well, it's uh, good for our souls. It's safe uh, for our souls. And incidentally, you may have heard of uh, this uh, so-called revival uh, taking place uh, in America, in uh, Kentucky, I think it was, uh, Texas, sorry. And uh, <laughs> one, of, one of the commentators uh, on, uh, commenting on, on what's happening there uh, said the spirit, it, it, one, one effect of revival is it creates a mess. It creates a mess. There's a mess. And uh, the spirit is not safe. That's that the words that he used. And uh, of course, it rings alarm bells with us, isn't it? The spirit is not safe and revival is a mess. Well, that goes completely against God is a God of order, isn't it? But anyway, uh, safe, there is a safety in sound a doctrine. Well, these kitchens, the kitchens and the restaurants, they have their safety precautions in place. All these the rules are in place to make sure that they are clean. And the church as well, well, they should also be cautious about what is being taught and what it comes out uh, from the pulpit. It shouldn't be anything that goes. Sound uh, doctrine, so vital. Uh, so the pastor then is to uh, exhort, that is to call somebody to one side, to speak to them, uh, to call them near, uh, and has the idea of uh, comfort in it. Through, uh, through doctrinal uh, teaching, through sound doctrine, the saints are to be uh, comforted. And circumstances uh, seem uh, to be against us, and we are cast down uh, and in despair, what shall we do? What will lift me up? Shall I play myself a musical song? Well, that may help. Shall I listen to a piece of classical music? That may do me some good. Uh, but uh, primarily, uh, doctrine will, is, is what's uh, going to be of help to me. To, when I understand, well, God is sovereign. He's in control uh, over all things. Or, I understand something of the providence of God who nothing happens to me as a believer uh, by chance. Or oh God, that doctrine of sanctification, that God is using our, our difficulties and our circumstances and our trying things and, or, uh, to, that, to sanctify us and make us better men and women. Well, that helps me. That gives me some great measure of deep comfort in my soul. Or if I fall seriously ill again, to know that through it, uh, again, God is sanctifying me or God's hand is behind what's happening to me. Well, that helps me. That uh, strengthens me. That comforts me. And so uh, for us, friends, uh, the sound doctrine is so uh, helpful to us. Think of those persecuted believers in, in uh, Hebrews. Uh, what happened to them? They lost their goods. And how did they take the losing of their, of their possessions? Well, how did they encourage themselves in the Lord? Well, they, they thought on that doctrine of their possession in heaven, uh, they, that they had in heaven a better and an enduring substance. That is what strengthened them. That's what kept them uh, going in the faith. But this word exhort also has another meaning. It has the meaning of uh, to persuade somebody to action, uh, to do something, to, to be something. Just like Titus here is exhorted to uh, exhort the aged, to teach the exhort rather the aged man, men, chapter two and verse two, to be sober and so on. And he's also got to get alongside the young men and and give them practical advice. And this is how 
you must apply the word. And the servants and all believers in chapter 3 were to be put in mind to be subject to principalities and powers, to the civil authorities. In other words, he is to not just teach them for their knowledge and education, but for godliness. He is to teach them and persuade them to their duties. And this is uh, a lot comes out through in Paul's writing. He's exhorting, he's beseeching them. I beseech you by the mercies of God to do what? To present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable uh, before uh, the Lord. And so exhortation uh, to duty as well as uh, comfort. And then he's also got to have this ability to convince the gainsayers, those who are often opposing view, those people who are in the church, we're not talking here about outsiders, but those who are actually in the church and have a different uh, viewpoint. And he's got to, uh, Titus has got to convince them by scriptural arguments, uh, to prove to them with patience and long-suffering, uh, to instruct them and to show them uh, from scripture uh, where they've gone wrong and uh, to bring them to a clearer understanding if uh, God uh, will, to show them where they've gone wrong. So, friends, as we uh, come to a close, what a, a book uh, God has given to us. Uh, what a precious book. Let us arm ourselves with its teachings. Let us uh, hold fast to it. Let us become those who, who, are, who know it, who are, are skillful in our, our use of it. For ourselves, personally, we need to be familiar with the Scriptures so that we know where to turn at different points in our life, but also in order to help uh, others. It's a sad thing, really, today, that so many evangelicals know their Bible so little. It's a sad thing when some of these cult groups know their particular book so well, and we know ours uh, so little. We need to know our Bible uh, so much better. Know your Bible well, and you'll be able well, to convince others better, You'll be able to witness better and you'll be able to be an encouragement to others a lot more. i just close with that uh, final verse which we sang from that hymn 336. Uh, so furnished from thy treasury, O may we always ready stand to help the souls redeemed by thee in what various states demand, to teach, convince, correct, reprove, and build them up in serving love.